I am fantasy and paranormal romance author Leslie Penelope, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello friends, today is Friday, November 4th, 2022, and this is episode 193 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this week's best thing, um, technically it happened before I recorded last week, but it came out this week, so it counts. It's the heist panel that I was on for the SFF Addicts podcast. Um, It was a lot of fun. It was with a bunch of great authors. We had a great time. It was kind of long, and we recorded it last Friday night. So I'm usually, you know, when I do things, I think I started at 8 or 8.30. I'm not at my best at 8.30 on a Friday night, but I think I made some salient points, and it was just a great discussion. It was super fun. So I will link to it in the show notes. You can listen on audio. There was a video recorded on YouTube, and check it out. It was tons of fun. So my writing update. Ah, I am slogging through this book. Yeah, this is, it's just been tough. Um, a lot of resistance. I got a scene done this, I think I got two chapters done this week. And I've got the plans for three more to, all I had to do is fast draft them. And then I think, I think at this point, I'm just going to fast draft the rest of the book, which A, I don't like fast drafting. I mean, it's the process. It works for me, but first drafts are my least favorite part. There should be a B here, right? <laughs> B, I, I don't know. I'm just tired. So I went back to character profiles this week as I was sort of replotting. Like I was like, why is there so much resistance here? Why don't I want to write? Why am I doing everything else under the sun, procrastinating during my writing sessions? Which is not often the case. You know, usually I, I hold my writing time pretty sacred. I might take a little while to get into the groove, but I'm sitting here, I'm on with my friends on the video chat, and we're writing. And it just wasn't happening. I was just really pulled. And so something was wrong. And so I went back to the plot and tried to figure out, why don't I want to write this? I went back to the character profile. I brainstormed a bunch of things that could happen. I talked it through a little bit. I just wasn't excited about Act 1, like the end of Act 1. Once we get into Act 2, as I was talking about last week, there are things I'm really excited to write, but the the whole act one, the debate section going into the break into act two, I feel like it's too long. I have all of these scenes and I just didn't want to write it. And so I was trying to figure out, can I cut some things? What is just the minimum that the reader needs to know? I reread everything and it's actually not bad. It never is bad, but so yeah, I, I wrote the scenes finally and I'm ready to Finally get into the, I guess the break into act two is that the next thing I have to fast draft. But I sat down to write today and emails came in and there was lots of things and I got fell down, fell down a rabbit hole of researching and something completely not related, related to this book. Um, so, you know, Grace, come back on Monday fresh and try it again. That's all. That's the only thing I can really do. I do think that the steps I took, you know, going back to the plot, going back to the character, reworking things, I filled in a worksheet for Save the Cat, or at least I started to fill it in for the the first act. Those were the things that have worked in the past, and they did. And I figured out, you know, the scenes I had to write. I wrote some of them, and I planned, I think I planned three more scenes that come next. And it feels like there's a logical progression to the activity. It feels okay. Like everything is like lining up. It looks good. When I read it, reads well. 
it's me at this point. I don't think it's the book. I think it's me. And is the is the answer more time off? Or is it sit down and, and do the work? Sometimes you just don't know. So like I said, today, once I figured out that I was just off in La La Land all day, all morning, I, I was just like, no writing's getting done. I'm just going to do what I'm doing and at least accomplish something, even though it's not work on this book. And we're going out of town this weekend. That's why I'm recording a little earlier than I, I usually do. Um, hopefully I have a good time this weekend, come back on Monday, like I said, and try again. But the thing that I was researching that had nothing to do with this book was a plan that I am still in the process of coming up with. So I don't know exactly when I decided this. Over the past couple of weeks, I've been thinking about it more and more, and then finally decided to take some steps. And I want to do a, a course. I think I know what I want it to be on. I think I'm going to, I want to do a course on world building, but I did do a survey to my newsletter just asking them some questions and you guys can take it too. So the survey is lpen.co slash course survey. And I will put the link in the show notes. It's four questions long. So if you are a writer, um, aspiring, published, and might possibly want to take a course for me, uh, then please do fill out the survey. It would help so much. Four questions long should take two or three minutes to fill, to fill out. And It'll help me to figure out exactly what kind of course to offer, like the style of it. Um, I know it's going to be video modules. And I was thinking, do people like live classes better than self-paced? And I had a, like a hypothesis, but I just wanted to get some actual feedback and data on it so I can see what people say. And also, there might be more than one at some point. Like I want to start with one, start on a reasonable level. And but like, one of the questions is like, what would you want to learn from me? And I give a couple of suggestions and then people can fill in whatever they want. So lpen.co slash course survey, link in show notes. It will be up probably through the month of November, 2022. So if you were listening to this after that, um, I'm sure that link will go somewhere else, <laughs> somewhere reasonable, like a newsletter for the course. And Maybe the course will be up by the time you're listening to this. Who knows? The future is open and unknowable. But the reason why I'm doing the course is like, there's a lot of things that you kind of, you want to do because you feel like doing them and think it's a good idea. But I was reading an article and just general kind of marketing best practices is to build things that people want as opposed to things that you want. And it's kind of like writing to market a little bit, uh, although I don't really do that either. So at least in this, I can make an attempt. You want to solve a problem. And so a survey is a good way to figure out where the problems are. And then if if the problems, if there's a Venn diagram of the problems and my skill set overlap, that is where I can have something to offer people that is unique and different and comes from me and they might want to learn about So. I've been making a lot of notes. I've been sort of looking at technology, like what um, platform would I have the course on? I looked at Teachable, Thinkific, Podia. Dave Chesson at Kindlepreneur has a couple of articles that are reviews of the different software platforms. And because of him, I decided to go with Podia. Right now, I just signed up for the free plan just to, to check it out and see what's going on. But it looks like it's got features and kind of the 
the pricing that makes sense. One of my um, like must-have features was an affiliate program because I'm a big fan of affiliate programs, and I feel like you know if you, even if I have a core audience of people who might want to share the course, if they are affiliates, then they get paid to share. They get like a small cut of anyone who uses their link to sign up for the class. They get um, a cut, and I do you know whenever there's an affiliate program for something that I like and use, I sign up for it so that I can you know get a little bit of money for sharing it and talking about something. And I, I only, you know, share things that I actually like and use. So that is the thought process behind that. Yeah, I can probably go on and on about this, but I'm still figuring it out, trying to figure out what to do, making my notes, coming up with outlines and just sort of a, a roadmap, a plan of attack. And I'm sure I will be talking more about it as we go on. But thinking about my writing and my motivation lately, I saw that um, romance author Ronnie Lauren, who is one of my agency sisters, we share Sarah Mekabo as an agent. I saw on her blog that she had gone on a sabbatical at the beginning of this year. I think she was done with her contracts. She took six months off of writing, except when she wanted to write, you know, and just the idea of that, you know, I've mentioned before thinking about taking a break and wondering if I'll be able to, because I like, I like writing, you know, Current situation aside, I am afraid of the inertia of not writing. Like the more you don't write, the easier it is not to write, the harder it is to get back into it. So if you just keep, keep doing what you're doing, that the inertia of moving forward keeps you pushing forward. But it's been a long time and I, I've been feeling tired for a while. And, you know, I'm sure I'll finish this book sometime and I will finish the third one. And then I've got my second orbit contract and I've got the, um, the other book that's out on submission, and those are my commitments. If I can push through and meet all of those commitments in a timely manner, then sometime in 2024, <laughs> I can take a break. <laughs> and maybe I won't need to by then. Maybe the act of pushing through will rejuvenate me. I don't know. But a sabbatical sounds good. And I was talking to some other authors about this and saying, I want to take a break. And they were looking at me like I was insane. Now, these are women uh, who have multiple traditional contracts, like too many, in my, in my opinion. Like At a certain point, that's just stress. It's money, but it's also stress. And I'd rather be able to sleep at night and breathe deeply and not have panic attacks than have the extra money that those contracts would bring. So that strategy works for them. It's great. They, they don't seem to be stressed out. I would be in the corner. Uh, so, you know, different jokes for different folks, but they literally both were like, what? You're going to take a break and not make money? But if I burn out, then everything would stop, you know? So I know I have to listen and that's why, you know, not writing today, not the worst thing in the world. I know this book will get done at some point. I also signed up for this um, newsletter at dailywritingtips.com. So every day, and I don't know if it's just weekdays because I just signed up for it two days ago. Uh, every day they send you like a writing tip and there's a quiz. There's like a, like a five question quiz that you can do. I love quizzes. I love quizzes. I love surveys. I have since I was a kid. And, you know, like in high school, we'd all do like the Cosmo quizzes and all the other magazine quizzes. And um, these are like grammar quizzes. <laughs> And it just delights me. And so you're learning a little bit about grammar and 
writing and having a, a cool quiz, dailywritingtips.com. I will link to it if you are interested in this. The quizzes are optional. You can just read the little article. And yeah, just kind of shoring up tips. Like there was one on proper adjective use and possession, just like random grammar rules. So yeah, I'm having fun with that. And just a little bit every day. I'm not good with commas. I know this. So eventually, I want to shore up all of my grammatical skills so that I feel a little bit more confident in my self-editing. That would be lovely. I had a comment on my episode on my fall retreat from Audra over at Between the Reads podcast. And you should definitely be checking out her podcast if you are not. Great interviews. I had an interview there. It was so much fun. But she asked about my husband's children's book. And so what I can say about it, I haven't read the most recent versions because our relationship works better when we don't critique each other, but it's about, um, it's, a, it's a children's picture book, so young, very young readers, about a dog and a cat based on one of our cats and our dog who passed away uh, last two years ago now, and their adventure. And so it's about kind of them figuring things out. He's got a whole series planned. Originally, it was going to be Sable and Sterling, which are the names of the actual pets. But I know he's changed the names and they have, they live in a house with a family, but they're the main characters and their logic or lack thereof based on, you know, observing pets and their logic. And you're like, why did they decide to do that? And then sort of extrapolating that into a mini adventure. Speaking of adventures and pets, oh my goodness, this past week, Stokely, our youngest cat, three-year-old um, said that he was going to dart out of the door into the backyard and into parts unknown. Now, he, he is a runner. He has gotten out before, but he always comes back in an hour or two. And so we just leave the the glass part of the screen door open, and he can actually open the screen part, the mesh part of the screen door, so he can get back in. <laughs> so he, he got out about 9 a.m., and he didn't come back and it was the afternoon and it was Halloween. It was Monday. And then it started to rain. It rained here that night. And I was like, he's definitely coming back for dinner. He's definitely coming back because it's raining and he just didn't come back. So at like seven, eight o'clock, I go onto the neighborhood website and post up like my cat is missing. And I go to the Facebook group for our county that, that the cat is missing. I text my neighbor and I'm just like distraught because Stokely, he's the youngest, but he's like the linchpin of the family. He's, he's the alpha. And he also is the most outgoing, friendly animal. And he just sort of keeps everybody in line. And not only that, but I mean, I love my cat. So that whole night, we're like, is he gone? Is he going to go up to somebody? Like, what is going to happen? Is he, is he just he disappeared, but we never know what happened to him? Will I just be wondering for the rest of my life what happened to Stokely? The next morning, open the door to let Shelby out, and Stokely walks right in the house, <laughs> walks by Shelby, who is our dog, our youngest dog, and just nothing happened. Not even really wet. Where was he? Where did he go? Where did he sleep? He can't hunt. He There was a mouse at one point that he did not know how to kill in the house. So I don't know. He was somewhere. He had an adventure. He came back home. All is well. I notified the neighbors and took my posts down. That was 24 hours. I would not want to repeat. So anyone who has lost a pet and never knew what happened to them, I, I feel the pain. I He still might get out one day. Like he still, he sits by the door like all day long looking out, wondering what's out there. So yeah, 
happy ending this time, but we have to keep keep our eagle eyes out and make sure we shut the door really fast <laughs> before he can dart out. There's a post I will link to on Ray Bradbury's creative formula. And it's something that I'm actually thinking of trying in a modified way. So in the post, there's a clip of his video. But basically, he says every night for a thousand nights, you should read one short story, one poem and one essay. And the essay can be should be you know, read essays on different topics, archaeology, anthropology, history. The idea being that at the end of a thousand nights, you'll just be full of creativity and just have be bursting with ideas, which I think makes a lot of sense. And I'm not a big short story reader. And I think that I could read more short stories. Um, I could definitely read more poetry. The essays, I just don't know how to source essays to read every night. Like I've got magazines full of short stories and anthologies that I've never finished reading. But where where's a good place to find just an essay a day? Is there like a, a newsletter I can subscribe to? Just a random essay from a different place, a different topic every day? If you know of something, pop it in the comments because I would love to. Maybe not every day do this, but a couple times a week, you know, add it to my habits, try to just expand my mind. I think it'd be really fun. And finally, um, Oliver Berkman of The 4,000 Hours, I think is his book, a great productivity book. I think I've talked about it before. On his newsletter, he it was called Everyone's Still Winging It. And there's a quote that I really liked and it made me feel better. He talks about not liking the term imposter syndrome. Uh, He says, it makes it sound like an acute and debilitating psychological disorder, and maybe sometimes it is, but far more widespread, I think, is a sort of barely conscious background assumption that other people must have a better idea of what they're doing than we do. This sort of assumption isn't debilitating, but it does make life subtly worse. It leads to the belief that you need to go especially hard on yourself in order to hold your own among your peers, and it makes you hold back from doing things that might add meaning to your life on the grounds that you're still waiting for a feeling of full authority to arrive. So writers talk about imposter syndrome a lot. We don't know that we necessarily deserve to be praised in the way or deserve whatever accolades might come. We kind of always feel like we're amateurs at this, no matter how many books you've published and no matter how much success they've received. And yeah, it does feel debilitating sometimes to to go into a place and feel like you don't deserve to be there. And the knowledge that a lot of other people feel that way too is comforting. Maybe it's not debilitating because we we all still, well, not all of us, I guess, but you know, most people who suffer from imposter syndrome still create because we're called to do it and we still write and publish to the best of our ability and continue believing that everybody else knows something that we don't. And when we're all really feeling the same way. So the rest of that article is um, really interesting. And I will link to it in the show notes. So my goals are to keep writing the book, focus, buckle down, and also give myself grace, like a, that balance between working and not working. I mean, I do work four days out of five. So I should feel good about that. I finished two chapters. <sighs> I would love to have finished like four or five, but no, two chapters is more than I had before. And I'm going to count those as wins. And I'm just going to continue to sit down, you know, honor my writing time, sit here, try to do the work. And if it's not coming, continue to try to figure out why and use the techniques that I've learned over time to push through the resistance and, you know, get back into the groove of things. There's always these cycles, it ebbs and flows, and I'm just in an ebb. Looking forward to getting back to a flow. 
So that's it for me for this week. I hope that you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next week. For episode show notes and to sign up for the Fit Notes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch the video episodes on YouTube. You can email me at podcasts at lplp.com. And I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcast.